On this week's show, we try to get to the bottom of what's going on in the National League. With help from Dartford co-chairman Steve Irving. Uh, I looked at it for uh, on the evening that it came over for about 20 minutes. And quite honestly, uh, I, I couldn't make head and tail of, of which way to go. And Bromley manager Neil Smith. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Kent Only Podcast brought to you in association with SCSA Sports Management. Now we understand that some of you are looking to us for guidance after the National League resolutions were released earlier this week but to be honest as you'll hear there's not many people even those that are clubs who can really see the light among all of this confusion we will do our best though to try and pick out the bones and we have got a couple of good interviews in the can as well i'm john phipps i've been on the wine this evening uh, and on the line now is a man who despite being well into his mid-40s told me earlier today that he honestly believes if he was chucked up front in a team of supporters against a proper national league side not dover i should add he would score at least he hasn't phoned me up to serenade me this week matt gerard how are you I'm confident, mate. I would, I would do all right. No, 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 probably not do all right. But if the ball fell to me in the penalty area, I'm a poacher, and I, and I would score. So uh, that's what I think. I, I'm, I'm good, John. I've still got a headache after reading the non-league <laughs> resolution thing. We'll discuss that from there. But otherwise, yeah, uh, it's, it's all, it's all, it's all good. But when we sat here this time last week saying, oh. Maybe a resolution. Maybe I was a bit, a bit optimistic, you think, because we don't seem to be getting anywhere again. But that's, we'll move on from there. But otherwise, yeah, I'm good. I suppose you've never seen me play football. I could be the next Pele. I doubt it. But you, okay. could, you could, because I'm guessing, Matt, that um, you wouldn't have slipped the net if you were the next Pele. Because let's face it, Dover's not a hotbed of footballers. I'm sure there would have been times in your, in your journalism career if you turned up with your boots, you'd have got on the bench. Yeah, so that, that's true. Yeah, I, I, I always, yeah. I'd always back myself with a chance. I can't run because I've, I've got no pace at zero. And uh, I wouldn't say I was with most... Uh, I don't have razor blades for elbows. But if a ball fell to me, six yards out, I, I'm confident I'd put it in. But this is the problem, though. Who's going to get the ball to you six yards out? A team made up of the likes of Incasol, Martin Pierce, um, and your mate Tom Bird. They're not going to create you a chance, are they? That's probably true. And, and of course, I could be knackered after about three minutes. That's also the other one. Because I am closer to my 50s, as you rightly said, than my 40s. So, yes, but then that, that, that's the thing. Yeah, that, yeah. And I've kicked a ball in about, oh, how many years? Seven years? So, yeah. But, yeah, I'll always back, myself. I'll always back myself. <laughs> I suppose you'd also be quite worn out for the kickoffs you'd be taking. Yeah. Yeah, probably true. Yeah, yeah. So, but again, all, we, all I do is. Hit it back and tell them to launch it, and I'll chase it. That's but you can't run. So we're out. This is yeah, this yeah. is a non-starter. You yeah. would not score. We're never going to find out, but you would not score. <laughs> That's probably true. But oh, you've got well. I, I, if, if 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 they said right, ball across the penalty area, I yeah, I'd give it a go. Well, good luck to you. It's our 157th episode this week. And on April Fool's Day last year, singer-songwriter Tom Rosenthal, who is a different Tom Rosenthal from Jim's son, who's in Friday Night Dinner. Uh, you released watched a... Friday Night Dinner? I haven't, no. Watch it. Brilliant programme. And he's not I, it's on our list. Well, I think we're going to start. Oh, he's Jim Rosenthal's son. He is. not Jim's son in Friday Night Dinner. Very good programme, Friday Night Dinner. Yes. Uh, but anyway, the other Tom Rosenthal uh, last year released a song called 157. And the lyrics are incredibly 
just the numbers from one to one five seven. Uh, I've been listening to it just before the show, and frankly, it's eleven and a half minutes, fairly well spent. I've got no idea why it's one one five seven. It's I mean, it's obviously one hundred more than the marvelous fifty seven by Biffy Claro, uh, but I somehow doubt that was Tom's inspiration. But uh, yeah, you can find it on YouTube. I think it's on Spotify and other streaming services. I'm sure. Um, but yeah, literally a song of a man singing the numbers. Surely you should be on Sesame Street. Yeah, although, to be fair, we're going to be talking about it soon, but does a song that goes from 1 to 157 make a little bit more sense than what came out from the National League earlier this week? But yeah, I've still got a date because of that. Yeah, I think you've got me right there. Absolutely. Right. Well, let's move on then to the football chat. There's more to discuss about the three National League divisions. Uh, It's an ever evolving story. Within the last hour, there's been a statement from 17 clubs in the North and South divisions uh, release, which we'll discuss later on. But to be honest, we are really none the wiser at this exact moment as to where anything is going. And do you know what? I I thought I could give you some sort of review. But do you know what? I think it'd be much more fun if I say, Matt, would you like to summarise what the National League have said? Um. Basically, what I gather after I read it about 10 times, and honestly, it was quite late, and I kept, A, you shouldn't look at your phone late night because it's not good for your sleeping. I was looking at that, and I couldn't get to sleep. I think they have to vote. 75% of clubs need to vote on Resolution 1 to approve it so that if they cancel it, the separate leagues can cancel it and not the one league. Is that right? You tell me. <laughs> no, yes, that, that, that's, that's, no, pretty, that's pretty much it. Yeah. So, that, so, that, so the 75, then that means that they can vote, the National South and North can vote on cancelling on their thing, but they only, they only get a small amount percentage of the votes themselves in the first round, don't they? They only get eight votes. Is that right? Yeah. I th- so the, um, the resolution one, which is whether to end the season, uh, and for to be taken for clubs one in step one and step two and three separately, um, that one is on the normal voting conditions of the National League, which is weighted towards the National League uh, Premier Division. We'll call it for for the sake of the, of this conversation. It's weighted towards those clubs. So uh, that will that that's the most interesting vote in all of that in all of that because obviously if that one is passed, then it will be two separate entities, and then. Uh, Resolution two will only be for the National League clubs. Resolution three will be for the National League North and South to decide whether their seasons are are continuing or not. And then we've got resolution four, which if one is passed, will be ignored. uh, That it will all just end. And uh, like you, Matt, I've read it three, four, five times. I'm reading it out loud now. I have it in front of me and I'm still pretty much none the wiser it's, it's it's a very very convoluted system isn't it what, isn't it why hasn't it got to get 23 votes the first one is that right to pass i think that might be right yeah so so you need you need a lot of i don't know how many of the votes the four national league and professional league south i don't know how many they get to equal four that's one thing. So you're relating on 15 National League sides doing it. Is that right? If they all go eight. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, that, that that is the thing. And it's it just makes no sense. I, I don't know why but we've spoken so many times about the National League and, and how they make things difficult for themselves. And then 
you know, you kind of look at it and think this is a chance to show some real leadership. And that's what they come up with. Do do, do you know what I mean? It just makes why not just be decisive and say, right, this is what we're going to do. We're going to give all the clubs a vote and we're just going to decide on it rather than messing about with this more National League clubs. If if all the National League South and North clubs say they want to have a say in in whether their own divisions are continuing, uh, but all the National League Premier clubs say, no, 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 you don't, then there's no point in the National League North and South voting. That is correct, isn't it? Yeah. So so the first one is if that if that gets 75 percent of the votes, they can just each league can decide their own. So I presume that will pass because the National League and North and South, do they care about the National League or the Premier League? Do they? Probably not, no. Unless unless they're looking out for themselves in terms of promotion and uh, promotion chances. There will be teams who will want to be saying, well, no, no, we want them to continue as well because we want to get promoted. And they may feel, some of these clubs as well, that they're they're better off all being together. It's an absolute mess, this. So the second one is you only need 50% to get it through, isn't it? Yeah. So you're going on the basis on this, from what clubs have said, I would imagine that the first resolution will pass because there'll be enough National League. Again, could you just strategically vote here? To help you out. I guess so. Yeah. I mean, it, the thing is, is, this is why this is silly, because every club is in it for themselves. And then they're going in sort of block voting in some ways, which doesn't make any sense, does it? So so I expect the first one to get 75 to them to sort it out. Then the second one. So you on the base of this, I'm trying to get to is the National League North. Unless there's funding tomorrow, which is clearly not happening because funding teams have gone off completely on the radar. Everybody getting involved. There's going to be no grants, is there? No. Unless miraculous happens. That's not happening. Nobody seems to... That is not happening. So that's gone. So I would say the National League North, from our opinion, is done. Yeah. From what we've seen from the clubs from there. Unless funding appears from somewhere... And, and there's testing from somewhere. But then the Test- problem that comes from that, Matt, is that if the National League North goes, then so is the South got to. There's no way around it. They, they, it's either all or nothing, isn't it? You would imagine. But could. But it, what happens if the National League North... Well, well, how many teams are in the North? And 20, is it 44? 21 and 23? Uh no, I don't even think there's that many. Is there? I don't know how many's in the north. To there's be honest, 20, there's 23 in the conference. There must be, and there's 66 teams. So 43, must be 43. 22 and 21, I expect. Yeah, that makes sense. So 17. That statement that came out from the seven, was it 17 clubs again? Yeah. So all you need is four other clubs, and there is clubs in there that I know are quite happy to finish, but not there. So you're looking if that goes ahead, and there's no funding. I can't. Fundley's not going to appear from somewhere. Keir Starmer's got involved, but he's probably got as much sway as I have by not being in the government, isn't he? Well, exactly. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's. I think we should move on because we're just walking around in circles about this. But for me to to finish off this this little section where we're just talking about this, the most farcical thing about all of this is that they've said, well, you've got 28 days to vote. We're carrying on from Saturday to the National League uh, North and South clubs. And this is where the statement that's been released recently 
uh, in the last uh, hour has come from. Uh, it says, all the unassigned clubs support the recommencement of all viable fixtures until the resolution are known, but only when both clubs participating in the fixture are in agreement and when there's a fully funded COVID testing regime in place. Clubs who are unable to commit to fixtures should continue to have their season held in suspense by the league and do so without fear of sanctions. Furthermore, we have agreed to submit our votes on the resolutions to the National League as soon as reasonably practical and implore all clubs to do likewise. Any delay or abstaining from voting will be damaging for the clubs in the most urgent situations. We must finish the season with all 66 clubs in existence. Most of the clubs on this are in the North Division, but Bath City, Chippenham, uh, Concord Rangers, Dulwich Hamlet and Slough Town are flying the flag uh, for the Southern Southern Division here. So there are teams having their say here that it is the majority uh, of northern teams and i think that is the the thing is the national league north there is obviously a real groundswell of opinion in the northern section to to play um sorry to to postpone the league to to end it and and that's what's going to be the sticking point um but i just think that they've been told we don't know what's happening there's no possibly no money coming but you've got to play saturday anyway that just sums up everything that, that's wrong with this doesn't it well and clearly some of the clubs who might want to carry on will wait wait to the last moment to get their vote in. But that might be pointless if if there's block voting, as you say, to stop the votes going in. God, clearly, those of those 17 teams, have they put their vote in or they're still waiting for more information? Because that information is clearly not coming. Because if it had no. come by now, surely. Exactly. Well, let's try and get to the bottom of this then with someone inside uh, one of our clubs at Dartford, top of the National League South at the moment, not on points per game, though, but they are top of the league as things stand. Uh, They've been having a a, a decent season under Steve King. Uh, It's going okay for them. They're in with a shout of being promoted back to the National League, which is their number one ambition. However, obviously, all of that is currently on hold. Uh, They've released a statement themselves uh, a week or so ago uh, where co-chairman Steve Irvine said that he believed that the suspension wasn't right and that the season should continue no matter what. I caught up with Steve Irving earlier on today. And my first question to him was, there's been these resolutions. Has anything changed? No, no, we, we, we're still very much of the mind that we want the season to be completed. But is that still dependent on, on terms of finances? Cause you have said that loans is not the way to go and you've, you've spoken to your MP. Um, has there been any movement on that? First of all, I suppose. Uh, no, not yet. There's, there's several things have, have happened since then. We had a, a zoom meeting with Keir Starmer, the Labour leader and, uh, Alison McGovern, the, uh, shadow minister for sport. Um, very well received meeting by all members. And I think by, uh, by the two of them, uh, that that will take some time for them to to make any uh, any moves. I understand that Alison McGovern has written to the Minister for Sport, Nigel Huddleston, uh, requesting a change of view and a change of mind in terms of the DCMS decision on grants rather than loans. But that will take some time if it, if it, you know if anything changes at all. Uh, there's also a petition being put out, surprisingly, by members of the National League Board which you may have seen, uh, requesting a, a change of mind by the by the DCMS as well. So we'll wait and see. It, it's a tough one, isn't it? Um, and, I, and I suppose for, from your point of view, as a club who, who are doing well and have always been really well run, you're desperate that not to be forced to take out a loan. Yeah, uh, we understand the situation 
um, very well indeed. But loans for us are, are you know, the, the last resort. But we're not saying we, we wouldn't go down that route, but it would be the last resort. We're, uh, we're debt-free. We have been for many years. And we'd rather not go back into a, a long-term situation of having a debt hanging over us. The terms are preferential and, from a commercial point of view, uh, are, are very good indeed. And, you know, I've spent 40 years in um, in banking and, you know, I, I can be, you know, rest assured that, that the, the facility would be a, a, a very much a, a beneficial uh, facility to any club that wanted to take any loans out. But we'd rather not have to do that. Um, but we're, we're, again, we just have to wait and see what the outcome of everything is as to whether or not we uh, we can uh, we, we can continue and whether we get grants or loans. Can you understand that the, there are obviously a number of clubs, particularly in the Northern Division, who, who really don't want to continue in the current state of play? Um, yes, I'm aware that there's more clubs in the North uh, than the South that don't want to continue, or it seems that way. Uh, I don't understand why it's the North against the South, but um, yeah, there's, a, there's at least a group of 12 clubs who've, uh, who've uh, got together and uh, petitioning for the end of the season. Um and, you know, I don't think this is anything to do with being at the top of the table or, or whether you're at the top, middle or bottom of the table. I was asked this question recently, and I, I'm absolutely certain that if we were sitting in the middle of the table, we would still want the season to continue from a moral point of view as well as anything, um, you know, the season. And that we don't shut us having taken the money and, uh, and, and then furloughing players um, for the rest of the season, which we would have to do because the majority are under contract. Uh, I suppose it's a, a difficult, but in hindsight, if you'd known that they were going to just own, it was only going to be grants for half the season. Do you think the season would have started in the first place? Uh, no, probably it wouldn't. I, I think um, at the point at which the grants were being offered, it was made quite clear that the overall package was under grant, and it was dependent on whether or not crowds came back in January. That was the only proviso that seemed to have been laid out that the second tranche of monies would be uh, would be released once uh, once that was understood. And at that point, now we don't have the crowds coming back, it seems to have changed from being grants to a loan. So if we'd been asked at the beginning of all of this to carry on without the guarantee of, of that support, we, we probably would have said, no, let's stop it now. You obviously said that things are going to take time and, and the National League have kind of given you all time now by giving you 28 days to, to, to get your votes in. Do, do you think it will be that sort of time period before we hear the, the final decisions? Well, not necessarily. 28 days is the legal requirement. But once the votes reach a point where decisions have been made without all clubs having voted, they can actually call a halt to the vote. So that means on, on the first resolution, it needs 75% majority. So once that 75% majority is reached, then they could call a halt to it all. Um, so it doesn't have to be 28 days, but legally it has to, to be allowed to go that long. What we don't understand is there was the suspension for two weeks. They knew all this was happening. And then they announced at the end of the two weeks that we can carry on playing for the 28 days. Uh, that makes no sense at all. We would have rather had seen a suspension, uh, let's say, at least till the end of February, probably till the end of March, to give time for um, lots of things to have happened. Approaches to the government uh, for, for the, the virus rate to start dropping and, and for everybody to be a lot safer. Um, so, you know, we, we would have canvassed uh, a suspension for a longer period of time rather than going back 
but but four weeks in which we've only got three scheduled games and then it will be cancelled again at the end of February maybe. So the left hand doesn't know what the right hand's doing as far as I think we're all concerned. Is I mean that that is the thing, isn't it? I, I think when they put that statement out on Monday with the four resolutions, it, 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 in some parts it's as clear as mud, isn't it? it absolutely. Uh, I looked at it for uh, on the evening that it came over for about twenty minutes, and quite honestly, uh, I, I couldn't make head and tail of of which way to go, and I had to literally print it the next morning and sit and go line by line to fully understand the path that you would need to take to get to a, a particular decision. If the season were to, uh, to to end now or end in the next month or so, I, I guess it would be a massive frustration uh, for you because you've put a lot of effort in both on the playing field, field and away from the, the playing field as well with, with all the uh, precautions that you've had to put in place in order to make sure that, that Prince's Park's been a safe place for people to play football. We have indeed. And yes, it would be a, an immense frustration. Uh, so many people have put in their, their, their hours to, to make sure everything is right and proper and safe. And that's from the paid staff all the way through the volunteers through our supporters association who've been absolutely immense over the last few months. Um, and always, that always are, but these last few months have been very trying and they've been there to help us make sure that everybody at uh, Princess Park is safe. Um, yeah, it, it is a massive frustration because the community of Dartford deserves to have Dartford Football Club back and into the community because we do so much good work for all age groups. But for everybody that's out there that needs our support, we're, we're, we're there to do it. Now, the virus situation obviously has curtailed certain areas of our community work and restricted others, but we're still trying to get out there. We're still we're doing online work with schools um, and we just need to get back out there. So whether the season plays on carries on or not we will still be out there in the community the best we can under the circumstances but there's nothing better for, for people's mental health as well as anything to get back into prince's park and to to see to see the team playing now that may not be for several weeks or months but at least if we're playing people can be watching online and you know it's just such a boost i think when we're doing well as well to just to be able to, to relax over a cup of tea or a pint of beer watching the game on the television and um, and, 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 and enjoying a bit of football as, as best we can. I suppose the strange thing is as well as obviously there's been a two-week suspension, but I'm guessing you've still been training. I know other teams in your league have still been playing friendlies. So nothing's really changed in terms of dealing with the virus. It just seems you, everything the, the, the competitive games have just stopped for a fortnight. Absolutely. I mean... You, you, the players can't just switch off for two weeks and, and, and then be expected to come back on Saturday um, and, and switch straight back on again. So, yes, they've been in training. Um, and there was a friendly last night uh, against Southend United, which um, there are several clubs around that have been playing friendly. So, you know, we, we've made that decision that we still need to keep our players fit. So um, whether you can furlough or not is, is, a, is a question that had to be asked. And uh, because you can furlough part-time there are certain allowances for us to, to do that so one the first week there was uh, just the one day training and the second week there was the friendly um and and so on and so forth so it, it's kept the players on their toes that's for sure and obviously you've got two home games uh, scheduled for, for, for the next seven days um against welling and, and eastbourne and, and i suppose they're both games that steve king will certainly uh, be be keen to win and, and, and you've been doing you've been doing well haven't you so i suppose you'll you, there might be a concern that momentum might have been hit by this little break 
Yeah, I'd, I, I wouldn't say for two weeks that momentum would be hit too greatly. Um, I'll be quite honest with you. I don't think we're playing to 100% of where we can be and uh, where we have been in the past. Um, so the break may may or may not have done done them some good. I don't know. But they, um, they'll they be absolutely up and running for, for Saturday against Welling and Tuesday against Eastbourne. Steve has, has connections with both, obviously, as manager of Welling and being a, you know, a local fellow from the, the Eastbourne area. And uh, he has, has uh, um, you know, two massive games coming up in, in those, those few days. And then away to Billericay the following Saturday. Um, and then there's a break at the moment, unless there's a rearrangement later in, uh, in February. But I suppose just finally, your hope remains that the National League South season will finish and it doesn't matter. Ultimately, you'll be disappointed if Dartford weren't promoted, but as long as the season gets finished. I think I think absolutely the season has to finish. Um, obviously, I'd like to see us still be at the top of the table by the end of the season. Uh, our, our dream is, is to get back into the National Division. Um, now, uh, you know, whether, whether that happens or not is another matter. This, the resolutions are such that um, my other big fear is that the North and South could be cut adrift from the National Division if the votes went a particular way and the National Division may continue and the South and North will stop. And I think that would be totally unfair. I think the league has got to stick together as a whole and all three divisions have got to either go with it or not and, uh, and not split. Some great points from Steve there. And you can see where he's coming from. Um, but obviously there is a reluctance to take out the knowns, but... <laughs> He wants to finish the season. Yeah. Um, some of these clubs with the, with the loan situation, as we know, the likes of Dartford have had problems before, haven't they? In their, in their, as a club, when they went, you know, they lost the ground, etc. So that. So I can see why all these clubs are not going to willing to take a loan, but I can see why they would want to carry on because they've invested heavily in their squad. They've got a very good chance of promotion with the manager who knows this level. So you can clearly see their reason behind that. Um, Dartford, I will presume, will have to go with the the general opinion of what the league is uh, from that. And that it's, it's just, it's difficult. We're, we're, we're on the same thing. Maybe you could pause this for a month and see where you go from there and stop everything and then look at it from that. But going on the basis of that, we'll... After these 28 days, they're going to make a decision. There's, no, there's nothing in there to say, right, we're pausing to the end of, to the middle of March, say, and then we can come back. That, that That's completely off the radar, isn't it, now? Or yeah, is it? and I think, I, but I think the other thing that is really farcical about this, and, and uh, I said this to, to Steve, both on and off the record, I think, I just don't understand why they're trying to make this decision now. And, and Oliver Ash made these points last week about, you know, possibly doing this. I mean, let's be really honest here. Steve Irving has said there that the 28 days is a guideline. They have to do it. If all the votes come in by next Tuesday, a decision could be made next Tuesday. In the meantime, the National League have put out a petition asking for um, people to sign it to get the, the whole thing about grants and loans changed. What happens if they make their decision on Tuesday next week, hypothetically, Obviously, that's before our next show, so it's not going to happen. But hypothetically, they make the decision next Tuesday. They say they've had all the votes in. By the end of the month, there's been a turnaround and it's now grants, but they've already said, no, the National League South is finished. I just don't understand. I just don't get the, the need to make all these decisions now. For me, 
the the fact that they're playing this weekend is is insanity. But I just think they need to look at it and and just take their time. There's no need to make a rash decision on the third of February, is there? Well, and you think the league's below, even though we know they're going. They haven't made that decision yet. They're still working things around it. So, yeah, it, it does not make sense. So I don't think they should have had another resolution would make it even more confusing to say, right, we pause it now and we look at it at the 1st of March or something and see where the country is and then make a decision from there. We could have as many petitions as you want. Clearly, there's no way I can see the clubs will are going to get grants. They're going to have to take loans either from the Sport England or whatever it is, or that's it. And the consensus being they don't want to take loans. So there's no money on the table. The only presume the hope is that by the 1st of March or when everything's out of lockdown, there may be people coming into the ground, but that could be pie in the sky as well. So it just seems an absolute farce. And it could be that it could be the likes of Darlington um, and Hereford and whatever teams in the north are likely to have a massive influence on the south by 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 Kane in it, isn't it? So, which I see, I, I did see that Eastbourne, one of your boys, John, down there, they said, "What can't we can can't we have the south and the north as complete different entities?" So you could say, right, the north, the south are still going, and they've got two promotion promotion spots to get it in. Do you think that's probably an idea again? But it affects all these clubs you don't want to carry on playing. So it's just. I'm getting more confused when we saw what I'm talking now. Exactly. None of it makes any sense. And this is my, my number one frustration. And I think, to be fair, listening to that interview with Steve, you could sense his frustration and, and confusion about it. This is a massive decision for, for, for these clubs. And, and I still think that they haven't got all the information that they need to make the right decision. And as Steve said there, Dartford, really well-run club. They're debt-free. They don't want to be taking on debt. You know, no matter how how it looks or how attractive the, these loans may be to these clubs and all that, and they also don't want the league to take on the debt, as as we kind of discussed um, over the past couple of weeks. But it just doesn't seem to make any sense. And, and I thought a telling point there was, which I, I'm sure other people have said as well, when I said to Steve, if you'd known it was going to be like this with the season started, and he said no. No, so exactly. So, um you, you can see that the frustration of how it is, and again, we'll probably never ever get to the bottom of this in how um, whose fault it is with the grants and the loans, but it's just it, 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 it's just mind-boggling that, that what's going on with the conditions from there. So we're clearly saying that there's 17 clubs who are not going to play this weekend. Uh, the National League said. I don't think. Uh, I don't think they've said that they're not playing. I think they've said they want testing in place, and they want assurances that um, that testing will be in place, and that they, if clubs don't want to play this weekend, there should be no punishment for them. And, and I think that's that's an understandable point of view. But I mean, I'm just looking through some of the repeats to uh, replies to the, the, a tweet from Ollie Bayliss uh, about this, and it's, someone said, I'm sure. Um, in the cup, some of these teams might be interested in playing at the weekend, but then they're not going to play come Tuesday in the league. So, um, 
you know, big decisions for these. And, and I think it's 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 just insane that we're we're, we're in this situation again. It's like they didn't learn anything from from last year, and and a point as well, Matt, which I think is is very salient. Uh, if these leagues all get null, if the National League North and South get null and void now, and they say there's no relegation from the top flight, uh, and and or and even if the National League I- itself is made null and void. If you were in the Ebbsfleet area, how would you feel about that, given how they were relegated last season? Be absolutely cheesed off big time. Um, I think that's an understatement, isn't it? Yeah, and maybe the league should have known it. You know, when the league started in October, we didn't have people in as well. Maybe they should have said, right, if, if 75% of the teams have played 23 games, we can have PPG. Maybe they could have put something in there. Surely... They could have put that in their constitution of how it works. So, um, and there is also, I mean, the, the whole fact that this is a, a, a bloody mess in, in a number of ways. But one way that it is a mess is that these clubs in August, September, October were given assurances that they would be given money from the government to cover the fact that they wouldn't have supporters in. And they all said, fine, if you make up our shortfall, that's fine. And obviously, we know that there were some question marks about how that funding itself was eventually distributed. But somewhere along the line, someone has told some porkies. It's either the government or the league. One of them has given the impression that there was money to see them through the season and there isn't. Uh, and also, that is, uh, I don't think people picked up on this. This money is only January to March. What is the extra money for April and May and certain teams for June? Nobody's even picked up on that, have they? No. So, uh, one thing I will say, which I don't think is right, there's a couple of teams with statements have said they think it's, as they've got money from the government, it's morally, morally ethical for every team to carry on. And I don't think that's right if clubs are not willing to take a loan out for their clubs. So, I think some of the statements from there, some of the statements from some of the clubs, have been good, but some of them I felt were a little bit close to the mark, um, saying about morally, ethically that these clubs have had money, so you can carry on to the end of the season. So I, I'm disappointed with a couple of clubs on that. But well, what, I mean, one club who has said something like that uh, is, is Welling United. Uh, a, a statement on the club website from chairman owner uh, Mark Goldberg, who said. It, after lobbying to become an elite club, it is our opinion that we need to act as such and respect with integrity the outcome of the current offer. With the utmost appreciation, the loans being made available to help us finish this season. The pride that we are part of an elite competition and so fortunate to be able to provide something positive to our local communities in this most difficult time. It is our belief that to not finish the season now would be inexcusable, having accepted the grants to date and the government funds could have been provided to much greater causes in the event of our season now becomes null and void. And you've said you think that there's some, some question marks there. I actually think that's quite a valid point because if there was no if there was no danger of this season finishing. They've taken they've been given money from the government, which could have gone to the NHS, could have gone to testing, could have gone to shutting the borders, could have gone to, I don't know, sorting out Boris Johnson, and just making him think like a, a rational human being. And yet it's been spent on all these National League clubs. Yeah, well, you could argue that argument about anybody's business, though, isn't it? They, some people's businesses, I know, have probably made more money by the grants without actually then actually would have made there. So ethically, there's something to say in the National League on that. So, but uh, yeah, 
I don't think. You know, I feel I feel for the small teams in this. No disrespect to Tunbridge Angels, who don't want to do this, and I don't think if they said that's decision, that's their decision. They they got it. And getting bullied by other clubs, you maybe have got more more money, not necessarily well in, but other clubs in that thing. You know, it's being preached to is is a little bit too is a little bit much, in my opinion. But it is just just um, it's an absolute mess. And and the integrity of the competition you mentioned in that statement, I think the integrity of the National League and the whole of this drama is a virtual nil anyway, isn't it? Yeah. As as an organisation, it has, uh, hasn't come out of this at all. Um, uh, very well, so I think the integrity of it is a little bit lost. So I, I think as well, uh, one other point I do want to make is I, I said to to Steve off the record um, that there was this whole thing about elite clubs, and I don't think that's actually relevant anymore. I think that's not uh, that that that's not that's a non-entity. But what I am going to say uh, is I'm going to I'm going to dig out a club here. In fact, actually, not one in Kent. Uh, but this is a statement from a club last season, um, which says well, the ability to stage to stage playoffs comes from as a result of determination of the Department of uh, D- Digital Culture, Media and Sports definition of an elite athlete. We are disappointed that these playoffs will not. Well, this was when they were not going to happen. Uh, we are disappointed at the decision. We stand in solidarity with fellow clubs occupying playoff places in the North and South divisions and call on the National League to push for an explanation how this decision was arrived and the evidence behind it. We seek clarity from the National League around the criteria and protocols for staging playoff matches and greater details of associated costs. Uh, we feel we have earned the right to participate in the playoffs after a successful season on the pitch. Uh, now, that club, uh, that is a club statement which I found, which was published on the 13th of June last year. And that club are one of the 17 on that statement saying, well, we shouldn't have to play if we don't want to this weekend. So some clubs have uh, not... Oh, there is clubs with double standards, I would yes, say. That, I mean, that is insane to have sat there. But when they were doing well and said, well, we should, we, we want to be elite clubs. We want to play. We want to play. And now they're near the bottom of the table saying, actually, no, we don't want to be involved. I think that's pretty poor form, no? Yeah. Uh, and again, when you see on Twitter and all this, a lot of these people, and, and it, rightfully so, people, clubs are looking after themselves. Um, that, that side, they're not going to get relegated. I, don't, I could probably guess who it is. The side, they're not going to get relegated. And they're not going to get promoted and they're thinking we'll just save money and go next season 95 percent would you say the majority of all the clubs decision make how many of is it was it would be related to their league position would you reckon i would say a lot of people are only in this for themselves yeah uh, yeah. and that is part of the problem but i can't understand how that particular club um can say could have said eight months ago, we want to play. We're desperate to play. We've earned the right to play. And now want to say, actually, no, we don't want to play. Uh, I think that's pretty poor form. Uh, so, is that place related to Wernham Hog? But yes, you're, you are on the money. Yeah. Uh, I'm just actually looking up because there is another club that that could have been, uh, that that also could have applied to. So I'm just uh, wondering. Yeah, yeah because uh, yeah. they're in a similar situation. But uh, yes, I, I, I was able to find that one and that one was enough. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, no, I think um, f- f- from my point as a Dover Athletic supporter, right? Yeah. This is my opinion. From being a supporter and not part of this pod, because, you know, we know a lot of clubs and I feel for a lot of these clubs. From a Dover Athletic point of view, Conference South, Conference North being axed would be an absolute bonus. 
Because they won't get relegated. To be fair though, mate, you've been calling. You've been telling me you want the league null and void since about October the ninth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, on that break, yeah, because that's. <laughs> I love but this the is narrative. the thing, Matt. This is the thing. You, as a fan, and at this level, people who are running these clubs are, by and large, supporters who've put a lot of time and money and effort into a club that they feel a real passion for. They are only in it for the best of their yeah. clubs. Yeah. They are coming at it from a supporter's point of view. And so therefore they're only in it for, for they will all vote in exactly the same way to yeah. make sure that they get the best possible thing they can for their club. And who can blame them? Exactly. And, and, but my concern from a David Vedic point of view, we could be only one of two clubs who don't want to carry on, right? Us yeah. and Barnet, because we're looking a bit marine <laughs> at the bottom of the league. They could be then forced to carry on and where does that leave Dover um could they as we said last week and we could start this pod play me up front because like, Chesterfield another club have furloughed the players they don't want and bringing new players in so Dover could play the youth team yeah or the BBC Radio King commentator yeah yeah uh, and save all that money by furloughing the players and this, but basically, I mean, this is the conversation we had at the top of the show where Matt yeah. was saying, uh, or I said Matt said he would score. Basically, I said he said to me he would pay 100 quid to play up front for Dover in the National League. And I said, well, fair enough. I said, you just get a team to do that. You could make 1,100 quid for the club, furlough the players, chuck them up front. I said they'd lose 30 nil, and he said, no, they'd lose 31 because he'd score. And that's where that whole conversation came from. But that would be the thing. And... We're going to hear in our next interview, sporting integrity could be at risk here. If the National League South and North go, there's, there, there could be real concerns. So, you know, well, this from, is... From David's point of view, they've got 20, 28 games to go. They've got to travel up half the length of the country, which is not cheap. So, they, you know, the money, there, they're going to lose loads of money with no money coming in. So, I suppose they've still got to travel to these places, but it's paying the players. The wages will be their main thing, so... Yeah, it's an absolute mess. So, and I, I, and I wouldn't blame Jim Parmenter if he did say, right, there you go, I'm following the players. What, what, why yeah, spend any more them. money on this lost season? Exactly. Yeah, well, what's the point? Yeah. Um, and then play right. the system. So uh, it's just, yeah, it's. Uh, I'm just. It's, uh, it's just bemusing. That's. <laughs> You, uh, my face, if, if you can see my face, but I got into bed quite late, half ten, I think it was. I put my mm-hmm. phone on the ocean and read that statement. I reckon my eyes went a bit like the cartoon, just <laughs> rolled and rolled and round. Because I, I didn't understand a word of it. No. And you're, and you're, you're a clever one. You went to the grammar school. You're not a complete <laughs> like me. I thought you'd understand it. Even you no, no, none the wiser. Anyway, uh, Nationally South teams, as we've heard, are back in action on Saturday. Uh, allegedly, uh, Ipswich United are away to one of the 17, Bath City. So that game may or may not happen. Uh, as we've already heard, a Kent Derby at Prince's Park between Dartford and Welling United. A game which I've been to on Boxing Day and New Year's Day uh, and seen all that. So that being played without supporters to me uh, is a strange old one. Tunbridge Angels are home to Hampton uh, and Richmond. Manchester United are in FA Trophy action as uh, this year's FA Trophy moves ever closer to catching up on last season's uh, with the last oh, 16. Go ahead though, isn't it, that one? Yeah. Uh, yes, definitely. They're playing Hornchurch uh, in that. Someone also pointed out uh, in a competition which has even less value than than um, 
the Gerard family Tiddlywinks competition, uh, the Football League trophy final from last season still hasn't been played yet. And they're at the uh, semi-final stage now. So another one that's catching up uh, in this uh, what, what strange... Four-way. Break the country pitches into four. Brilliant. Just they can all score goals. Might as well. Yeah, why not? Uh, it's also games uh, in midweek next week as well in the National League South. Uh, Tunbridge Angels, though, they're away to one of the 17 as well. Concord Rangers uh, for them. Dartford at home again against Eastbourne Bar. Ebbsfleet at home to one of the 17. Uh, Slough Town. So realistically, Ebbsfleet United could actually not play this weekend uh, if Bath and Slough stick by their guns from that recent statement. Uh, Maidstone at home to Dorking Wanderers. Uh, on Tuesday night, Welling at That's home to Braintree. Dorking, you know, that Dorking are one of the big ones. They are ravenous for this season to continue, <laughs> yeah, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, let's move on then to the National League where uh, Dover lost. It's not really news. Uh, but Bromley were, uh, had a, a result, a home win for them on Saturday against Aldershot. Uh, Tuesday night, they made it all the way up to Meadow Lane to find that the pitch was waterlogged. Uh, they stayed over, though, on Tuesday night. And earlier on, while Neil Smith is on his way home, uh, he spoke to Matt to discuss that game, where the National League goes from here, and just generally how things are going for Bromley. So here he is, uh, the Bromley manager, Neil Smith. You're supposed to play Notts County yesterday. And I think when I checked on my Twitter, it was called off about quarter past seven. So I take it, are you on the way back from Nottingham now? Yeah, just, just about. Um, now we got, a, you know, obviously we were speaking to them in the morning. There was water on the on the pitch. They were adamant that, that you know they could make it clear it. By the time we got up there, from about half five onwards, it never stopped raining. And um, you know, fair play them. They did try to get it on, but the referee, due to uh, safety measures, called it off. I mean, the both players, uh, both management, and players were ready to go, but. No, the, the, the referee made the final decision. Would you? Uh, do you think that was the right decision? It probably was. You, you, you know what I mean? You can't go against it. But when you make that that travel all the way up there, and the players have taken time. You know, we left at eleven o'clock to get up there for a seven forty-five kickoff. It's a long time that you, you know we've now got to do again. But um, you know, you can't question the referee. He's made that decision. We've just got to adhere to it. What happens on the money side? Do Notts County have to pay you travel next time, or has the club just lost money? I've left that to the club. Obviously, we have made you know financial um, you know contributions to the to the travel up there and everything else. But you know that's down to the club. You know I don't use the club things. Obviously, the rest decisions. But you know that's out of my hands. I just have to prepare the players. Obviously, to go up there again. Yeah. Uh, before we get talking on the big matters in the National League, we'll talk about Bromley so far. Um, 17 games I think you've played now, your 13th unbeaten away from home. Um, how do you think the season's gone so far? I think, you know, with all, with all the diff- different things that are going at it, it's hard, it's hard to contemplate where we are in terms of, you know, where I think we should be. Um, you know, just before the Christmas lockdown, you know, we'd, we'd won away at home at Solihull Moors and you're thinking, here we go, we've just put a little run together, we seem like we're just picking it up and then Five weeks later, we have to play our next game and, and you're trying to get back to where you, you'd finish and it's hard, you know. Any sportsman, if you, if you have any sort of time out, it's, it's hard to get it straight away, you know, back straight away. So, lost one, drew one and then won our last home game. You think, right, let's go on the North County, difficult game. Got a little bit of uh, momentum going and it's pulled off, so you have to start again. Um, so, yeah, you know, this, I think we should be better. I think we should have earned more points. I think we deserve more points, but... You know, with all the circumstances that are going on, we just have to take where we are. Again, you, you, you mentioned the stop-start of it all. Um, how difficult is that for you to organise your next game and get the players fit? Because, you know, 
it's all the, all the will in the world. Training's okay, but you want to, at the end of the day, you want to play a game on a Saturday, don't you, or midweek? Yeah, of course. I think it's more the mental side for a player rather than the fitness side. You know, we can keep fit, we can keep ticking over, do what we think we need to do, but it's the mental side of preparation from Monday to Friday, and the game gets called off. Or, you know, you play the game on a Saturday, you're really up for it, and then the game gets called off on a Tuesday, and it's, it's trying to keep the mental side of a player activated and stimulated. And, um, you know, that's, that's the more difficult side because you do, you prep for, you know, where you think you're going to be playing next and it gets delayed or it gets called off last minute and the player feels down. It's just like everybody else, you know, but these are, you know, exceptional circumstances and I've said it before, you know, you're going to have to think on your feet. It's not like any other season. There's no sort of mandate or book to go to and say, oh, this is what you need to be doing. You are, you're just thinking on your feet and trying to adhere to it as best you can. Yeah, so, looking at you away from home... You're unbeaten away from home. Um, only conceded four goals in six games. Again, would you like to transfer that form to your home form? I know it was a good result against all the shot of the weekend, but I'm looking at on the paperwork before I spoke to you. I think, oh, at home you've been, you know, not as good as you have been, but away has been good. So it's just marrying them together to be a bit more consistent, is it? Of course. You, you, you want to win all your home games, and if you can hit the draw away from home, that's, you know, normally the mindset of a manager. But, you know, at this moment in time, it's taking it when you can. Unfortunately, we, you know, we haven't been playing that bad to have lost the games that we've lost and it's been due to mistakes or a little bit of lack of concentration but you know we all we are you know obviously the game on, on last Saturday against all the shots you hope it's a kickstart that we need to you know just, just start winning at, at home and making it a fortress again again you know but the next two games are away from home and yet we want to keep that record going of being unbeaten so it is difficult but you know, wherever we can pick the points up, we will. But yeah, of course, we want to we want to better our home record. Yeah, looking at your fixtures coming up, you've got some sides who are at the wrong end of the table at the moment. So again, Weymouth on Saturday. So you're looking at some of those games to pick up points to move into the playoff positions. We're going in. You know, it's difficult games. You watch them. I'm on the way home. We managed to watch them at Borehamwood, and uh, you know, lose to a, you know 70th minute goal, one 0 away from. Which is a difficult place to go to, so it's not that you know, it's tough games. Even the teams at the bottom, you know, they're fighting and saying that it's not going to be a rollover. They're at home, every, everything else. But yeah, we're going to go there and, and give it a best shot to try and pick up three points. Yeah, looking at your squad as well. Um... Michael Cheek, top goal scorer in the league. Chris Bush, they've signed um, contract extensions as well as your keeper, Mark Cousins. How important is to have that stability going forward, players you know you'll be working with over the next uh, year, 18 months? Well, I think it's one of them, you know, you just don't know when this season's going to end. And, you know, most of the contracts that people are signing is if the contract, you know, if the, the season ends on such and such a day, so does their contract, you know, it's one of them ones. So we just thought we want to give a bit of security to the player. We want to make sure that we're strong for next season as well as this season, obviously. Um, and, and trying to do it as early as we can, you know. It's one of them where the, the, the chairman's given me permission to recruit a couple of the players, making sure that, you know, we do get look strong for next season, although we're playing for this season. But, um, you know, you've got, you got someone like Michael Cheek in your, in your side. You want, to, you want to tie him down because he's always going to score goals and people are always going to be after him. Yeah. Uh, on to the... Um... Well, the major matters in the National League. Um, I think Bromley, I think your chairman said he's quite happy to carry on with or without if it's lo- lo- uh, grants rather than loans. Sorry, lo- yeah. So what is your what is your overall opinion? You think it will go? There seems to be the consensus that maybe the North and South may go, but the National League may stay. Have you got any um, inkling on going on? I, 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 I'm the manager. I love my football. Of course, I want to pass out some 
mean, I want to finish it, you know. Even the, even the points of the game last season, I, you know, I wanted to finish by playing the games. Obviously, we couldn't. It was something that was then put into place and we had to go with it. But um, I think I've got a chairman that is in that same sort of thought of mind. If, we, if you start something, you know, just, just go on and, and finish it. I know there's going to be some clubs that can't do it. And, they, they, you know, every club has got their individual problems and everything else. But I think somewhere down the line, we've got to come to a happy medium. And, and I think, you know... It's a tough one. It's a tough one. I can only go by Wombly Football Club and, and the chairman said at the beginning of the season, you know, however it, however it starts, we want to finish it. And, 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 however that, it was and that must and, be and, good and for you. Go that must be good for you being a, having a chairman who's willing to, you know, put money in and back the club and where you want to go. You know, you can see the, all the off-field stuffs going on, so he he can see the benefits of carrying on doing that. And it must that must be good for you as a manager to have a, a real good chairman who's willing to back it all the way. Well, I think, I think it's not just for the manager, I think it's for the players. You know, they, 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 you've, got, you've got a chairman, we, we test. You know, we had a test on Monday, a mass testing of all the players, all the staff, all the coaches, youth coaches as well. You know, it's, it's one of them. It's not, not just to try and get the football match over the line, it's for the safety of the players and the staff themselves, for their families. And I think, you know, it's, it's only good. I've, I've, got, I've got a list of, you know, I follow this, that, that COVID, polio, whatever it is, and I've got 10 tests on there. Because, you know, we test regular, we make sure everybody's okay. As I say, not just for the football side of it, but the home life as well. So, you know, having that security for the chairman and, and just that, that duty care of mind is, is amazing. You know, and I, and, I, and I know I'm lucky to be at a club like probably with the chairman and the board that I've got. Do you feel for some of these clubs who say, they, in whatever level, National League or North or South, who, you know, who can't take that on and can't carry on, you know, do you, know, do, do you feel for those sort of clubs? You know, of course I do. Every, every club's different, and, that's, and, and I've said it. And um, you know, all the club wants to do, any club in these divisions, is play football, get the supporters in. You know, and just pretty much go back to where it was. And it's, and it's a long time coming. I think. I think when we started the season, we weren't promised, or no one led to believe the support from the government and the national lottery. And it was brilliant that they, you know, they gave us up till the end of December to, to be supported. You know, there's other businesses that need the support, but they, they support us. I think it's only now that it's halfway through and we've started that now all of a sudden the rules have changed or something's changed. You know, I don't go into it in, in great detail because, you know, the board want me just contract on the book side. But, you know, then all of a sudden change the rules and you just feel how these clubs are going to support. Like, you, like you're saying, not everyone's got the support that I've got yeah. from my chairman. Yeah, do you, um, looking at that, if they, if if the north and south go from your point of view, and promotion is on, which is in your favour, do you, and but there's no relegation. Do you think that puts the, you know, the, the league in a in a funny situation where you can have a lot of clubs, maybe half a dozen clubs, who've got nothing to play for, with you know, maybe two thirds of the season to play. Yeah, and it takes away the you know the sporting aspects of that. You know, everyone's fighting. You know, the teams if they know they're not getting relegated, what can they do then? They then cancel players' contracts and just bring in kids or it doesn't matter whether they win or lose and then all of a sudden the competition goes out of what football is. Everybody, you know, when you when you put two teams together, some are fighting for their lives, some are going for promotion, there's something at the end of it. If you know there's nothing there, where's the competition? That's, that's the bit that everybody loves. Mm. You so, know, the top being able to be the bottom yeah. and the bottom being able to be the top. You, you don't want it to just be going in and it's a rollover. That takes away the aspect of football and what it is. And I presume the main thing is about this, you know, they're given the 28 days, 
um, is that we get a resolution sooner rather than later because the longer it goes on, the, the more messy it could get, I presume. out the bit at the end where he says he can't wait to see you mate but uh, uh he's on good form isn't he yeah yeah and, and again I, I like it that sort of he's a football man and everything he's concentrating on the football inside and he gets everybody else to concentrate on the other one so that's the way you've got to do it surely yeah i think he probably is because you know he probably has all his players coming up and, and again one of these things as well john we haven't really discussed is the players in this situation you're absolute players. Are we playing Saturday, boss? I don't know. So you've still somehow got to get into your players. Right, we might be playing Saturday. Mm. We might have the mentality to carry on the end of the season. So- well, I suppose as well, if you look at it from from an even... If you look at Tunbridge, where the players are part-time, they might be in a situation where they're going to be looking to take have to take time off work on Tuesday next week for a game that might not happen. And that is that's insane. So yeah, I feel for some of the players in this episode. What we're going to do is motivating your players. You've got to keep your players going right from that. Are we going to play there? So it must be infuriating to them because all players want to do is play, I suppose. And they don't know if they're if it does go, they might lose some of their wages as well because of the 80%. So, yeah, I can see Neil Smith's point of view. Leave it to somebody else to, to sort out these issues and while he concentrates on the football. So, And he'll be a sounding born for probably some of these players. But... Um, yeah, uh, good. Yeah, not as you said to probably there. He's trying to sort out his home form. Good result at the weekend against Aldershot. Got to make sure that they their away form is good. And with Michael Cheek being a top goalscorer, you expect them to be in and around it. They've got an owner who's willing to you know invest, and he's in you know what he's done off the pitch is phenomenal. And clearly, you can see the reasons why they want to continue. So, um, I think Neil Smith's you know, I know what I was trying to get out of him. You know, he's luckily he's run at a club that's well backed, very well run, and, and he must feel for the, the other clubs in this division who haven't got that situation because being a football man, he could see how much that could hurt those clubs if they go under. Yeah, and and that that ultimately is is the thing that I, I think we kind of lose sometimes in all this. We don't want to see any any club go go under. We, we had it with Thamesmead here in in the county. Uh, last season and and you just don't want want that to happen and, and for some of these clubs and I, and I guess that's where they're coming from they feel if they have to take out a loan their livelihood is at risk but they also want to be competitive um you know some of the teams in this on this 17 statement they've still got a chance of getting promoted I, i'm sure 
And now that they're looking at it saying, well, no, we can't afford to take the risk. Please don't make us do this because, you know, especially if you've got players on contract, you, you can't just say, right, well, you're not a contracted player anymore. You, you've got to, you know, unfortunately, footballers will have the right to say, well, no, you've got to pay me for the rest of my contract. And, and then these clubs could find themselves facing a, a financial hole that, that they may never get out of. Yeah, that's like, I've just seen that Tunbridge have now, they agree with that statement. Their name wasn't on that statement, John, but they right. agree with the statement. So, and I presume there's other clubs in there who agree with that statement. Yeah, we don't want any club to, to fold. Um, and, and probably from, I know, Dover, you know, the thing is, if Dover had to carry on paying, playing without any money, it could be a detrimental effect to the club. I've really seen Dover go under, well, back in the day. So, yeah, we know club what needs to go under. So this just needs to be um, sorted out. But this this doesn't seem to be any communication with the clubs on this to discuss it with them. Again, we know all the members of the board are, but listening to Jim Parmenter on um, Radio Kent yesterday, he, he sort of he's on the board, but he seemed to disagree with the board as well. So I, you know. Well, I think um, when you spoke to him last week, we had. He speaks with two hats, doesn't he? Because yeah, yeah. he speaks. He look. I think he. I think he's very good at that. Actually, he he can look at it from the bigger picture as a member of the board, but he can then separate it and say, no, 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 no. As de- chairman of Dover Athletic, I don't agree with that. And, yeah. and I think that's an important a uh, bit of balance to to strike. Yeah, yeah. But but I don't know who makes the who makes these decisions. Then is it the chief executive? And they're just right. I don't, there must be somebody. Might who who is the person who came up with this resolution? Is it the six members of the board? Think they might not agree with it. It's a million dollar question, isn't it? And, and I think that's that there needs to be transparency from top to bottom uh, on this National League board. And I think you know, that's why we are lucky down here, I think, actually, to have Jim Parmenter, who will talk openly about it um, and, and always comes across well, I think, when talking about the issues uh, of being on the board. And, you know, it, I, I suppose in, in many ways, it must be good for a smaller club in this division like Dover that they have a voice in Jim Parmenter because you could quite easily just end up seeing the board being the big clubs who come down and say, out of the way, we're only here for a little short stop. We're going back to the Football League. Naff off the rest of you. But at least, you know, that, that they... I think that I think that probably does go on. I'm sure <laughs> yeah. There's lobbying by some of the bigger clubs. So, right, for all this, I'm absolutely convinced. Like this lobbying, like clearly... Like there's lobbying between the north and the south to stop it. There yeah. must be. So, uh, yeah, from from going back to my personal point of view, I would rather Dover stay in the National League because it's a great league and I enjoy it. I wouldn't go to the south, but it, 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 if Dover basically uses the get-out-of-jail card, if the league goes, they've got to take it, haven't they, really? But... It could be the detriment for next season. If we haven't got fans in August, where do we go from there? <laughs> so we could be we could be stopping the inevitable that Dover are going down, whatever, whatever, because they can't compete financially and they're not willing to to put their club in in financial difficulties. Exactly. But, but I know I'm speaking as a Dover Athletic fan and a lot of Dover Athletic fans. That's clearly the answer is. And a point made good for me as well. My mate texted me and he said. Why does the future? I'll read this text out. It made, it made sense on um, what he said. Bottom line: Why should Dorothy face financial ruin because Altrincham fancy their chance of promotion? Yep. Um. So that's 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 the point. You know, 
you know, the Chesterfields are not scared. I can see from that. Altrincham, brilliant, having a great season. No, fair play to them there. But, you know, they, they're one of these clubs who've been through the mill financially numerous times. But now they've, they've got a chance of promotion and easing their thing. You know, that's the sort of thing there. And maybe some part of this is it's the National League is technically not non-league. It's full of ex-football league clubs who are desperate to get back into it. But it's their own fault they got into this league anyway. Well, exactly. Very good. And I have to come at it as well. Bear in mind, I am a complete neutral in all of this. I am a, uh, I don't support a team. I I am a journalist who is passionate about non-league football in Kent. I don't support a team. And I just think, I look at this and I say that it is farcical. And I can't tell you what, what I think the solution would be because it's just so messed up on so many levels. There is no right way of doing this. But for me, I think... A point that Steve Irving made was really stuck with me. This is one league. This is one thing. You wouldn't in the Scaffold have the Scaffold Premier continue and not Division One. You wouldn't in the Isthmian League have the Premier Division continue and not the South, North, whatever. So I can't understand for the life of me why they're even entertaining splitting. It's all or nothing. And the teams at the top, if the teams at the bottom are saying we can't afford to do this and show some solidarity, as you say, your Notts Counties, your Chesterfields, your Torquays uh, and other teams who are big clubs who've been in the in the Football League. You're not in, in the National League because you've been dealt a bad hand. You're there because of your own failings uh, that have led to you being relegated. So you've just got to deal with it. And some of those clubs have even been down in the South. So they should understand a little bit more about it. And, and I think it's got to be all for one. And so if the National League South and North stop, so should the National League. And there, there, there can be no way. And the point Neil Smith made, the point that I made earlier, and I understand completely where you're coming from, but if you're Dover Athletic or Barnet and you get told tomorrow, well, there's no relegation, you're just going to, for want of a better phrase, toss it off for the rest of the season. Not as in, in terms of people won't try, but they will find ways to cut financial corners. And rightly so, because what's the point in spending out thousands and thousands of pounds to finish 22nd in a league when it's not going to matter if you finish 22nd and and that to me makes the whole thing a complete farce sporting integrity is so important and I think you've got to find a way of keeping that and the only way that can happen is if these two leagues are on the same hymn sheet um yeah fair play um but I think there's too many big boys in the national league who clearly want to carry on because you know they've uh, so tight at the top of the National League. Last week when we recorded the show, Solihull Moors were in the playoff places. They are now 14th. That is how quickly things can change. Uh, little gap has opened up. It's now four points between Bromley and 13th uh, and Maidenhead, uh, who are seventh uh, in the last of the playoff places. But only uh, four point, another four points to Sutton, who are second. At uh, the foot of the table, Dover were beaten by Yeovil on Saturday. Four wins in five uh, for the Glovers, meaning they have moved a little bit clear. Dover... 22nd with 10 points from 15 games. Uh, just above them are Weymouth, who probably play at the weekend. 15 from 20, so they're catchable. Uh, then Kingsley, 17 from 18. Yeovil now, uh, 20 from 17. And Wildstone, 21 from 18. But they've uh, party coming with their manager, Matt. Yeah, I was surprised by that. Yeah, I don't. I thought maybe that he was going to go to Barnet because I don't think Tim Flowers was in the dugout yesterday for Barnet. So I thought that Barnet were going to get rid of Tim Flowers, but. Clearly not from there. But, yeah, it's a strange one from there. Wilstone team that, see, you know, score a lot of goals but concede a lot of goals as well. So, um, yeah, so yeah, I, was, I was surprised. Well, unless, unless one of these things is that 
wheels don't want to carry on and the manager says doesn't want to, don't think he's right. Or the other way around. It could be that could be one of these things that happens, isn't it? There might be issues between the club and the, how they think they should progress during this. Absolutely. Uh, this weekend, then, Dover at home to Hartlepool on Saturday. As you've already heard, uh, Bromley go to Weymouth on Tuesday night. Bromley at home to Kings Lynn and Dover at home again uh, to playoff chasing Maidenhead United. Uh, two home games, Matt. You've got to be wanting some points from that. Uh, four? We take four if I give you four? I'll, I'll give you four. Thank you very much. <laughs> I need to go to those games now. I'll take, I'll take four points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, I suppose against the teams, what, third and seventh, uh, you'd probably take two at the moment, would you? One? Yeah. Not losing both 5-0? Uh, well, when we went one and up against Yeovil, I thought, oh, we're on a rip of rolls. As I said, I think we've got a better team here, but clearly we can't defend, which is always our problem again. So. Uh, yeah, well we'll, see, well, we'll see what it is if these games are on. So uh, it's a nice long trek for Hartlepool on basically... A pitch that looks like the western front of gravel with the rain coming. So um, I just hope, uh, yeah, that game could, well, if it rains, that game could be in trouble. I think we're getting snow in it on the weekend as well. So, you know, those guys, weather could affect to do things as well. Yes, and that just only will add to fixture congestion going forward. Anyway, oh, I, I would say let's try and cheer ourselves up, but there's nothing to, to, to cheer ourselves up about. I'm just, I'm just fed up. I'm bored. I am bored bored i was and i was thinking earlier on like what what can i say on this week's show so believe it or not we don't just chuck this stuff together um, and i was thinking i might just say oh, i'm fed up with the negativity that i'm seeing everywhere and and i thought that was quite funny because i'm well known for my uh, lack of positive outlook but I, I am fed up with like how everyone on social media is just always negative i saw someone the other day posting that um their dad had had the vaccine but they didn't like it because he had to wait outside for five minutes i mean come on He's had the vaccine. My, my mum's at, had the vaccine. Has she? She had hers yesterday, Tuesday, at Folkestone, Debenham. So um, so she's had it. She had the Oxford one. So she's in and out. So she's booked, oh, in, for nice. the, she's booked in for the end of April. And I, and I did think that maybe she could play up front for the final few games of the season. Yeah. If she gets the second time. vaccine, there's no reason why she can't. Exactly, yeah. Get on non-contract. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So she, so she could be involved with the... Uh, Squad from there, but yeah, it's. I'll tell you what, though, mate. In all seriousness, if your dad was looking down and he saw you and your mum playing up front for Dover, he'd be like wondering what was coming on. <laughs> yeah, 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 that would be true. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, on that basis, yeah, it's. I wake up, you know, it, as a product, you wake up or you go to bed thinking, oh, there's positivity, then the news is bad, or sometimes you go to bed with the news is bad, then there's positive news. So they seem to be consensus that schools are going back and that and. Things are coming down, but then you've got these extra strains like they've got in Maidstone. So, um, but I think I just read somewhere, I think that he said that, that a roadmap will be out coming soon of what we're going to be doing as a country. So, um, mm. maybe somebody in the National League can put a peg on the back of that. <laughs> at the end, the National League is now cancelled. There you go. So, maybe Boris can do it. So, uh, we'll I mean, it's, just, it's just general, and I, and I genuinely am thinking I should probably come off social media a little bit. More than I am. Like that last week, there was a, a, a story about Britain's Got Talent's cancelled, and I'm not I'm not a fan of Britain's Got Talent. I don't watch it, but I thought I'll just click on see what the replies are. And literally, you've got thousands of people replying, "Oh, good, I don't watch that crap." And it's just like turn it in. Like th- people have lost their jobs over that. People have, have, are struggling for it, and you may not enjoy it, but that doesn't mean it's wrong. And and I'll get really that really bothers me to be honest like i don't like harry potter i don't go around telling people they're wrong for liking it 
do do what you want as long as it's within the like as long as it's within the law i don't mind but you know you just see the nasty side of people uh, coming out on social media and and you know you see all, all the racism which is obviously abhorrent and i and i obviously hate it but i, I feel it shows how we've changed as society because you're more likely to see on a post of an attractive woman on social media someone slagging her off than saying you are genuinely attractive and you know i mean i wouldn't dream of going on my twitter account and and saying to someone who i find someone famous who i find attractive i genuinely think you look really lovely there because then they're like, oh, people are giving me stick on social media. I can post. I'm just fed up with it all. You know, on top of everything else, I'm just fed up with all that nonsense and all. Yeah, it's all. It's we just need um, something to cheer us up. You know, poor old Captain Tom Parson as well. That's. Um, I, well, I mean, obviously, again, a great man did great things obviously very sad news but again social media yesterday people saying i am heartbroken this is the saddest news ever and i'm like get some perspective if a 100 year old man who you never met dying of a virus that's spreading around the country leaves you heartbroken your life must have been a hell of a ride so far you must have had an amazing time you know it's again it's all just overreactions and i think people are always looking at things to say you know to try and find a a, 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 to try and stand out from the crowd and it just it really is is bugging me at the moment i'm I'm really annoyed about everything would you go off social media apart from the ken non-league podcast twitter site i i kind of wish i could to be honest but i i I look on it too, and, and it's a great source for news. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, absolutely. you know, I mean, I, I don't, I don't post on my own Facebook page very often, and, and but I just like seeing what's going on and, and stuff like that. You know, I think deep down we're all nosy neighbours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, I, I, I do see a lot of people saying, "Oh, I, I found this new feature on Twitter today," and I saw this tweet the other day. I said, "It's amazing. If you see a tweet you don't agree with, you think." I don't agree with that and scroll on by, but people just are incapable of doing that. And, you know, and I think, I think a change is going to be coming soon because of the, the racism issues that there have been. Um, and I think that will hopefully make social media a better place because rather than hiding behind a union flag and, um, and your Brexit views, people will actually be forced to be accountable for what they're saying on social media rather than just thinking they, they're untouchable and, and can just get away with everything. And I, I hope that happens because, you know, I look at it and I think, you know, if I was a, a teenager now, life could be really tough. You know, and like I look at your girls and stuff and I think, you know, they could be in. You never know what's going to happen on social media. And, and you know, it's, it's, it's tough, isn't it? it is, you're spot on there because, yes, the, the obsession with followers and people liking things is is getting them um, getting there. And, you know, you know how difficult it is can be as a teenager. So that's a good point. So we'll keep it like that. Moving on, Jobs. Watch anything on the telly? Uh, watch Marcella. Uh, I've done that. Binge as well. that. Yep. Confusion. Yep. Yep. Very much. Um, we watched It's a Sin. Have you seen that? No. We. I, I, the recommendation is to watch that. It's supposed to be good, isn't it? Every everyone's talking about it, and we binged it. It's it's heartwarming, and it's it's one of those things. It's incredible because they obviously did it and and filmed it before COVID, but a lot of the things in it really do strike a chord at the moment uh, with how life has turned out and uh, some fantastic performances um, really heart-wrenching stuff um, 
absolutely brilliant. I, I would really heartily recommend it. Apart from that, we're just watching a load of nonsense. Like literally, uh, we we we've got into a routine. We watch Countdown, then we watch Place in the Sun, then we watch Tipping Point, then we watch The Chase every afternoon. Uh, yeah, I'm, a point, I'm a pointless and House of Cards, mate. Do you watch Richard Osman's House of Cards? Oh, I'd, I'd love to, but uh, I don't have control of the telly at six o'clock. So that's a great. Uh, that, I know, I love it. I love it. But, uh, and uh, uh, this is another thing though that is bothering me at the moment uh, is like watching quiz shows that could easily be done in half an hour and I'm dragging them out for an hour. Um, I saw a new thing that was on Dave last night, uh, and I reckon it could have been done in 20 minutes. Uh, I only really watched it because it had my. Uh, it was called. Uh, unforgivable and it was hosted by Mel Gedroich. Uh, I only watched it because my uh, my my friend off the telly uh, Alex Brooker was on it and I wanted to see what he was up to and he was good value on it but it was just one of those things where it's just like come on you could do this in half hour if you if you cut out the waffle mm. and and that's kind of the, it's the same with that lingo which is entertaining but again it could be done in half hour so just you know let's not try and stretch everything out let's just short sharp it's it's make it happen um, but yeah, we're, we're just existing at the moment, really. I've, I've been. Yeah, I think yeah, February's going to be. You know, we always thought January and February going to be tough months. Maybe March will be a little bit better when we get there with this thing from there, and we can move on from that. So, but I hope. But, but as I said last week, are we really by this time next week, after Dover have picked up six points, <laughs> looking like promotion candidates, going to say right, game over from there? Will we have an answer by this time next week? Doug? I would guess not. Uh, but you never know with these things. And, and it'll be very interesting to see if any of those 17 teams do go through with that of we may not play uh, next week and see what happens uh, from that point of view. That 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 is interesting. That statement obviously coming out uh, just an hour or so before we recorded the show. Uh, so we will keep an eye on that one and, and we'll bring you all the news that we can uh, on next week's Kent Only podcast. Uh, I'm going to try and say something cheerful before I move on to the socials and wrap up. I've been running a lot, Matt. I've done, I did 50 miles in January. Good stuff. Yeah. So uh, I've, I've been trying to do 5K every other day since uh, the 2nd of January and I've managed it so far I've, I've got a bit of a an injury at the moment I've got a bit of a sore back but uh, I'm trying to do every other day and uh, so far I am what 16 runs in 17 runs in and I'm still just about managing to do it despite naff weather inconsiderate people on the on the promenade and, and all sorts but uh, yeah so that's good and obviously the great news of course that your mum's had a vaccination hopefully my mum won't be far behind either uh, some people in uh, is a little funny thing uh, because obviously they're often sending some people to uh, vaccination centers some people over on the isle of sheppey uh, because of the unique uh, geography of of the southeast of england which is never really considered have been offered their vaccination in westcliff on sea in essex uh, is that an essential journey time will tell uh, but there you go anyway you can follow us on twitter at kent nl podcast you can find us on facebook as well at kent non-league podcast is what you need to search there i am at john phipps 81 uh, there's no h in john and phipps is p-h-i-p-p-s and matt is at matthew underscore gerard on twitter give him a follow he, he'll uh, he'll retweet something or another at some point i'm sure uh, anyway thank you everybody for listening to this week's show thank you to neil smith and steve irving for their time uh, and oh, Thank you to Matt for helping me try and understand exactly what is going on uh, in the National League. One day soon, we'll get to the bottom of it and we'll, we'll have a resolution. Whether that will be between now and next Wednesday, time will tell. We will speak to you next Wednesday. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening to this week's show. And we'll speak to you next week for the Kent Only podcast. I'm going to take a, a short, sharp course in law and try and explain it by this time next week.